Yes. All right, there we go. So we're just gonna hop right into it. Okay. All righty, so thanks once again, everyone, for joining us. This is Drop the Mic, the Chamber podcast. I'm your host, Mo Bellavo. I am the Executive Director of the East Hampton Chamber of Commerce. And this is our podcast where we get to chat with chamber members, local business people, local thought leaders, entrepreneurs, anyone who has an interesting story. Um, we get to find out who they are, what they do, but more importantly, why they do it. Um, and before we launch into all of that wonderfulness, I want to thank East Hampton Media. They are our partners in this project. Jen Ramsey, who is the executive director over there, um, and her team help us make this look spiffy and wonderful and always encourage us, encourages us to reach for the stars. So I want to thank her, Ryan Arnold, um, her production coordinator, and Tim Riley, her operations manager. Love you guys. So here we are, episode 11. 11. And I'm really excited this afternoon to be talking with co-owner of Clear Vision Alliance, Lynn Turner. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Lynn Turner. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. How about you? I am well. We are, uh, as you can see, the Christmas tree in the background, we are approaching the holidays. We are recording this in the year 2020. So it is the year of COVID. And let's see, today is Tuesday. In two more days, we're expecting a very large uh, snowstorm. So yippee, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so traditionally, as I say, I like to take this time to chat with you, find out who you are and what you do and the big why you do it. And I know you a little bit, Lynn Turner. So I know that the why, like myself, is a big, intriguing Oh, thing that we're always exploring. Um, but we are in the year of COVID, so we're going to talk about that and the why. So, because it's kind of hard not to these days. Right. Yeah. So, um, can you help us get to know Lynn a little more? Give us a little bit of your background, uh, who you are. Absolutely, sure. Well, um, you know, I, I, I've told people my name is Lynn, but my background is anything but linear, right? I've, I've zigged and zagged all throughout my professional career, if you will. So um, um, started out in medical. I'm not doing medical now <laughs> by oh, any... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I originally um, went to school for a medical lab technician and um, at that time, interestingly enough, AIDS was coming out, oh, right? Yeah. So I was um, going to school for that and was working part-time for a video production house. And I was a half a credit away in an internship from graduating. And the owner asked me if I would stay on um, full-time kind of forego my schooling and actually he would send me to business school and I thought long and hard about it um, and decided you know what I was really enjoying what I was doing with um, with the video production house and just with all the unknowns of HIV at that time um, very similar to what's going on now with COVID. 
I, I you know, um, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this question, but was that considered a pandemic or an epidemic? And like, do we know the difference or? Yeah, I believe at that time it was considered more of an epidemic. Um, I don't believe <clears throat> they considered it reaching necessarily pandemic um, proportions, um, especially to the magnitude of okay. the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's interesting because if you look back, I mean, we've had these things coming in and out. Um, you know, we had the H1N1, we had SARS, we had Ebola. So we were heading towards a pandemic sooner or later. And unfortunately, here we are. Right. So there you are. Come and join us full time. Yes, yes. So um, ended up going to business school, stayed there, um, you know, really enjoyed it. It was a small family business, right? So you yes. wore many hats. Yes. And that was exciting um, because I, I'm a learner. I love mm -hmm. learning. And that's also another one of my, my strengths um, from the Clifton um, Strengths Finder is learning. So I just, I love that. Yes, I know. You and I have a lot of commonalities. Um, I think that's why we relate so well to one another. Uh, so, you know, I stayed there for many years and um, I did get sought out by a headhunter um, for a position at uh, Spalding Sports um, to work with them in marketing. And I did end up making that jump. So I went from a small family-owned business. I think we maybe had I don't know, maybe around 12 employees at the max at that point, and then worked for a multinational uh, organization with thousands of employees. Um, so that was uh, a, a bit of a uh, transition for me, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So different. I've had that same opportunity to experience two different um, cultures. So a family-run business, um, and then you know, corporate America, where very different thing. Very different, yeah. very different. But it was great learning, right? So, oh, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you look back, um, there was some tremendous learnings. And I had a great experience um, with Spalding. I worked in their um, sales and marketing, branding and licensing. So I got exposure to the NBA, to Warner Brothers. Um, those were some of the clients that I worked with and got mm -hmm. to travel you know, at a young age. So, and I worked Exciting. with a great group of people who I'm, who I'm still connected with. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you were at Spalding for how long? About 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was there about 10 years. And so, and so then you, okay, so that's, you're at Spalding and then there was a shift in your life? There was a shift in my life. Um, unfortunately, at the time of Spalding, so I had put the family thing on hold because I was doing so much traveling and I didn't want to have kids and not be there for them. I wanted to be, a, you know, if I was going to be a mom, I wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Um, so my husband and I at the time were talking about having, having children. And at the same time, uh, Spalding was going through. Uh, uh, an M&A, uh, merger and acquisition, and they got bought out by a company. And unfortunately, um, anyone that's experienced merger and acquisition um, can probably tell you that it's, it doesn't always go um, as smoothly as, as you think. And sometimes there's some culture clashes. Right. 
and and it was difficult because they brought a lot of people on um, actually from craft um, food company. So, you know, basketballs and cheese balls. Um, well, there you, you know, go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Round and they're orange. So there's some commonality <laughs> there, right? And, and people buy them. Right. Um, so, so um, you know, there was just That's a lot funny. of, <laughs> there's, there was a lot of different things going on. And I wasn't as happy in, in the atmosphere that was getting created at that point. And I had to ask myself, you know, I can stay here and try to stick it out and, you know, maybe it will work itself out or do I just take control and, you know, maybe take a leap. So I decided, you know, I mean, I could have probably stayed and even if they let me go, could have gotten a severance package or if they kept me on, who knows where I would have been. But I decided, you know what, um, and a lot of my background had been in marketing and, and licensing. And I said, you know what, I, I enjoyed doing some sales calls with some of the sales force and said, you know, what? maybe I should get more rounded and, and try sales. So I ended up leaving Spalding and worked for a hair care distributor um, that sells hair care products to salons and it don't please don't mind my hair <laughs> this makes me so happy and it makes me actually laugh too because i feel like your your history and your background is so varied and i have a very similar a yet again varied background but anyway okay so now you're going to a hair care situation. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, but, and that was interesting because what attracted me to them um, was that they were doing consultative sales and it was really to help the salon business owners grow their business and, and obviously utilize some of our products, but really um, do cons consult consultative sales. Um, huh. So that's really what drew me. Um, there were some, you know, and actually I have a whole new respect for the industry because to do hair care, especially hair color, you really have to know what you, you're doing. It is science because you can really mess up people's hair um, and it's an art form as well. So I, I have a complete um, respect for, um, for, for hair um, hairdressers and, and hair technicians um, because they really have to know their, their, their art form, their skill. Do sure do, and everybody's hair is different, and all that sort of. They, everybody's hair chemistry is different. Exactly, exactly, and that's really where they have to know what they're doing. But um, there, there is a, a story behind that, and maybe I'll share that for another time. But anyhow, okay. I did leave there um, because I became pregnant, um, unbeknownst. Um, at the time, because I had taken time off between um, between positions, and I didn't know it when I started there, but I did become pregnant. You did and know it eventually. <laughs> I did know it eventually, and the interesting thing was, so I went through this training. They had this whole huge onboarding because I really had to learn how to use the product, and that's why I'm telling you I have a whole respect for um, for for uh, hairdressers that. Um, you know, it was about a month and a half that we had to go through extensive training. And I found out later because I was the first one to tell my boss, hey, I'm, I'm expecting. And then um, all the other, about five of the other gals called me and said, oh my God, I'm pregnant too. What do we do? <laughs> so there goes the whole force. <laughs> 
Oops. <laughs> yeah, whoops is right. Whoops is right. But, um, but I ended up um, leaving to uh, start, start my family and took a little bit of time off. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Very nice. So um, where does the whole radio piece fall into that? Yes, 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 yes. So anyhow, um, you know, I had my, my first son and I, you know, I did the stay at home thing and I had so much of Barney and Big Bird and I really needed some intellectual stimulation, right? Um, and just one day, I, and honestly, serendipity, just one day I happened to open at the time the paper, right? We used to read actual papers. Right. And there was an ad for a um, freelance marketer. So I answered it. I happened to call and I'm like, what do I have to lose? So anyhow, it was for a family business management consultant. And she was she actually became my mentor. I ended up working for her, um, Dr. Casey LaChapelle. I, I can't thank her enough. She's the one that introduced me to coaching. And okay. that's, and actually, um, because of her, I ended up um, going through coach training. And, and I call, I say it's like the hair club for men. I loved it so much that I became one. Um, <laughs> And, and that's really where the coaching started from, because originally I was doing marketing for her, but she, she said, Lynn, I, I really think that you would enjoy coaching. And she's like, I signed up for this coaching school, but I mean, she, she was doing programs at Harvard. She did not need this coaching certificate, if you will. Um, and that's the challenge. Uh, coaching is an unregulated industry. Anyone can call themselves a coach. Um, but I actually, and, and Ravi, my business partner, who you know, also went through formal training and coaching. And so anyhow, before I had met Ravi, what I was finding was people didn't really understand coaching. When I, when I would say I was a coach, they kind of thought, what are you, like soccer mom? They attributed it to, to sports. It wasn't yeah. well known in this area. It was well known in big cities, but not here. So uh, at the time, I was also doing Toastmasters, and again, serendipity, um, one of my Toastmasters uh, uh, individuals approached me and said, hey, Lynn, I just bought a radio station, and would you be interested in doing a show? And uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. So, and, and it's funny because me and a girlfriend had, that I worked with at Spalding had always talked about starting a radio show about something completely different. And, uh, you know, so I kind of thought he was joking at first. And, and I was, again, pregnant with my second child at that point. And one thing I would recommend, don't necessarily make decisions when you're pregnant. <laughs> but hey, I uh, said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that's how the radio show started. Right. So your radio show was on what? So WARE 1250 AM. Um, and the, I had two different shows. So the first show um, was called Coach Live. And basically, so that was, um, so one of the things, like I told you, I was pregnant at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do a weekly show um, it's an hour long show and how am I going to manage my time? And plus at that point I had started my own coaching business. Um, so I, I felt like I had kind of bit off a little more than I could chew. 
And so what I decided to do was to sell spots to other coaches to help inform and educate people about coaching. Um, my husband at the time thought I was crazy because he's like, these are your competitors. You know, why would you do that? I'm like, no. Yeah, I said, no, it's, it's really, the show is about education and, and it, we, we all have our own niche. So I didn't see it as competition. And it added that to me, it added that much more to the show. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I totally agree with you, you know, before my coming to the chamber, um, I was in private practice, I was a massage therapist, a sports massage <clears throat> therapist and injury recovery for 20 years. And I had a business partner. Um, and uh, I guess I, I'm going to drop her name, Christine uh, Bissonette out in Westfield, and she still has the practice going today. And when we, um, when we started and as we were uh, progressing along and becoming more and more successful, our whole approach was, you know, there was like 10 other massage therapists within a block, right? But we would always refer out to any of those folks who, if we thought that that particular person would benefit from that. Because A, there's enough hurting bodies in the world for everybody and plus it's it just, it, it's, it all came back to us in the end. And I think that's why a lot of that has to do with how successful we were. And, you know, and she still can, thinks that way to this day. And I, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. To me, it's about the abundance. To your yep. point, there's enough work out there for all of us. And we're not one size fits all either, um, especially as a coach. And even, you know, um, for massage, you know, we each have, um, we like, massage a different way. So I right. agree well, completely. And not everybody's personality connects. And, and if that's not connect, if there's no connection there, that what needs to happen is not going to happen. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And the same thing with coaching, I would think too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, we did coach live for a number of years and then they were interestingly, and this was back um, so my youngest was born in 2002. Oh my God, he's going to be 19. Uh, I mean, 18 this month. Um, but anyhow, um, you know, so that was a while back. And the other coaches, they were talking about going onto the internet. So we were actually on a, on a station, um, right. on a radio station. And they were talking about, um, you know, going, you know, more uh, utilizing the internet but something about the community, um, I really wanted to stay connected to the community. So I ended up morphing the show into what I called Business Link Radio. And what Business Link Radio was really about, um, because one of the things that I was hearing from people, I used to go to a lot of networking events and a lot of educational sessions and people are like, how do you hear about these things? And, you know, I took it for granted that like, doesn't everybody know this stuff? And I also started to realize too, that there are some tremendous resources here in our Pioneer Valley. And I really wanted to create a hub for mm. people go to, to get that information of what are the different resources available for a business. And, you know, so I highlighted the resources, I highlighted um, different learning and networking events, and I highlighted different experts. So I would have different experts on the show as well. Nice. So that's what Business Link Radio had morphed into as well. Very nice. Cool. 
Um, and so, and then you find, um, you find Bravi. Correct. Yes. So at, at that time I was, um, I kind of inherited this um, networking group of coaches where we would all get together and he and I met through that. And again, like I told you, coaching, it's unregulated. So, um, you know, we had all sorts of different coaches, life coaches, business coaches, leadership coaches, you name it. And he and I met at one of those events and we just felt that we had a lot in common as different as we are. And that's typically the question everybody asks us is how did you two meet? Because I mean, we couldn't be any more different, you know, man, woman, he's from India, I'm from here, um, et cetera. We just have different backgrounds, but we, we, interestingly enough, we do think very similar and maybe it was because we went through the same uh, coach schooling, but yeah. um, we felt we could offer clients that much more by partnering. Right, right. And thus, and thus created Clear Vision Alliance. And you guys have been together um, doing good works in the coaching field for how long? About 13, going on 14 years. Oh my God. You know what? When we first met, it was like 12 years. So I have that 12, number 12. Okay. Still yeah. in my head. I'm like, oh my God, it's already 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Time is marching up. on. It is. It is. So now, um, what do you think um, led you to, I mean, it's been like this kind of like series building up, right, to coaching. And what do you think, and I know you've done a lot of work around this. So Share with us what you think your why is for that. Yeah, so, you know, part of it was uh, um, I'm a certified behaviors and motivators analyst. I, I utilize DISC and at the time it was called PIAV, the Personal Interest Attitudes and Values. And one of my number one motivators, if you, if you know um, PIAV, they look at six different motivators. One of my motivators is social and social in in the terms of altruistic um, wanting to make a difference in the world helping others so that's that is really at the time when i got into coaching that really aligned for me because i, I want to make a difference in the world helping people and originally quite honestly um i had wanted to be a counselor mm. uh, you know, really at, at the start of it, but um, a woman I knew who was a counselor, she said, you know, just know that you don't get paid a lot. And, and the other thing she warned me is that it can cause burnout depending on who you're counseling. And I do know that I do absorb people's energy. Yeah, it's very interesting because um, massage therapy is much the same. Yes. Much the same. And um, you need to be aware of how and when you're being drained so that you can continue to do that work because uh, it can bring you out easily. Absolutely, yes, yes, very much so. So it was very similar. So, so when I got introduced to coaching, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really what I, I'm looking to do um, because just based on all my different experiences, I mean, quite honestly, I was pretty fortunate um, all through my career. I had really wonderful bosses and, and mentors. 
um, that really helped to bring me along. I do believe if I had a coach, especially when I worked for corporate, I would have, it would have made my experience a whole lot better. Um, because I, I do know that, you know, there were some, in some instances, I undermined myself, I self-sabotaged, you know, you name it. Um, I, do. I do get that. And I get too that, you know, I think from my early, from a young age, I was always trying to figure out, because I always felt like there's something, there's some, there's got, there's more, there's something else. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need more money or more no. stuff or more whatever. I was like, what is, what, 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 what? And then I stumbled on um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why, and my world exploded. Yeah. My inner world exploded. And I've always been on a quest, right? Now it's like, yes, I get it. And that is another place where you and I have alignment because, as you know, huge Simon Sinek fan. Oh. And, and because at one, I, I had gone through a kind of a low point um, several years ago. And um, I use this life wheel, which looks at different pieces of your life pie, if you will, your relationships, your environment, your finances, your, your profession, you know, just everything. And my wheel was not in a good place, I'm going to tell you. It really, um, it was flat in some areas. It was, it was just not rolling along. And, <laughs> was there and, a flat uh, edge on your wheel? Oh, there were many, not just one. There were, was there it a hexagon? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just wobbly and just deformed. <laughs> it yeah, was really, yeah. really deformed. Um, so at that point, I, I really worked hard to... Um, prioritize different aspects of that wheel that I wanted to work on. And, and then I also came across Simon Sinek's work, loved it, same as you. And then I, I said, I want to work on my why. And I, there actually a book came out after um, that called Find Your Why. And I, I actually did the exercises in it, which has helped me to further hone my why statement um and and it's still evolving i think it, you know i think we, it morphs as we as we gather new information right yeah and i just i found it so enlightening to realize you know and i it was everything i had been thinking but just didn't have the words to it yeah and and then once you put the words to it you're like oh yeah and then once you're able to identify what it is or the why it is it just eliminates all kinds of noise. You're like, oh, I don't have to get involved with that. I don't have to, you know, I can just stay true to this. And this is, just makes life so much easier and so much more authentic. You, you just hit the nail on the head, um, especially for me, because at that low point, here I was a coach, right? Right, and I know, I get it. And my life, I didn't feel I had control of my life. It wasn't where I wanted it to be. So I didn't feel authentic mm -hmm. um, in being a coach. And that's why I went on. It was, it's really been a journey for me to, to find my why. And, it, and I have to tell you now, several years later, after going through that whole process, um, I, I feel authentic, I feel in alignment, and it's like you're, you get in a flow too, and it's playing to your strengths is really what it is. Oh, and it so ties in. 
so ties in, connects all these dots, right? Oh, do yeah. you do you feel comfortable if I ask uh, sharing your why? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'd love to share my why with why? you. Tell me of your why. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I found is so part of the process is going through all your life stories and what are those stories that really um, caused that pivot in your life, right? Um, so I did do this exercise with with a friend and what um, or a friend and colleague, and what ended up happening was what I found was it tied to my my number one strength and strengths finder. That's really what my why is all about, and that strength is maximizer. And, and when you write your why through this finder why, they say it's to blank, so that blank. And the two is the contribution, and then the so that is the impact. So it, you can't just have just the contribution by itself. What is the impact of the contribution you're making, right? So that's how my why is written. And my why, um, based on that is to transform something strong into something superb so that its benefits can be reaped by others and have meaningful impact. And it's yes. really, and, and, and what I've found is that there is a correlation to it, not just in my professional life, but also in my personal life. Yeah. Um, I try to, I'm constantly trying to improve upon things in both worlds, quite honestly. Yep. Yep. So with that established, yes. and now we find ourselves in COVID, right? Yeah. So how has your why helped you navigate? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Um, luckily, you know, I luckily, uh, and I knock on wood. Um, I was in a good place um, on many different fronts going into COVID, right? Which I think is important to note. Um, you know, where, where, where's the headspace that people are at? Where are they at physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it, right? Um, I was in a really good place and I was trending um, on an upward, you know, just feeling good on all those. Um, so that is one thing I do want to note. And, and I am blessed with a great support, um, support system of friends and colleagues and family and you, um, you are part of that. I do want Aww. you to know. Um, point oh, ditto, man. Yeah, yeah, you are a ball of energy and I love being around you for that positivity you. that you, you just, you know, it, it's contagious and I love it. Um, so because I was in that space and when COVID hit, I immediately, it was like, almost like trying to run into the fire. Yeah. I, I felt that's what happened for me. I know some individuals, um, and, and I think it just depends on where you were at, but to me, it was like, oh my gosh, um, how can I help these individuals, anyone around me, whether, you know, personal, professional, I don't care. I remember getting a call from a gentleman who had participated in our roundtables, and he called me on a Friday afternoon early on in COVID, and he said, Lynn, 
we're not going to make it. And he said, do you know of any bankruptcy attorneys? And it just crushed me that that's, that's where they were because I know the family, it's a family business and great people. And I just, you know, so I just sent him all sorts of different resources and not just, um, not just for bankruptcy attorneys, but Hey, did you, do you, are you aware of this resource? Have you checked here, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the mode that I went in into. And I, I checked in with all of our clients, um, past, present, um, potential, just checked in with everybody to see, are you okay? Is there any way that we can help you? Um, I don't care what it is, you know, I'm not looking to get paid or anything. I just want to know. I have to say, I have to say that you and Ravi have, uh, since the moment I met you, have always been so generous of your time and your um, guidance and coaching. And really, you know, when I think the cultural norm tends to be, well, you can't have this, you cannot have this until you pay for it, you know, which there is a certain balance to that. You need to, you know, you need to make a living and you need to, you know, but there's, but you're also incredibly um, generous, both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I watched you leap into action, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we we wanted to, you know, help people at that point, both of us. And, you know, we had to do an immediate pivot as well. So much of our business was, I mean, we were on the road pre-COVID and visiting on site with clients, um, you know, most days of the week. So we kind of had to do an about face and go, oh, my gosh we've got to figure this out. And, and we did, and we, we, you know, we learned about zoom, we learned, um, you know, how to navigate that virtual world and, and actually learn some new stuff that we're, we're doing a training on tomorrow. Right. Right. And, um, you know, if, if you, um, you know, towards the end of our chat, if you want to talk about that a little bit more, um, please do, because this will probably air, um, in January. We're talking now in December. So. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we are looking to continue those. We're uh, tomorrow's session. It's a free lunch and learn on a collaborative platform. And we're looking to do some in January um, just to help people um, it, because it's about engagement, right? I mean, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Google, et cetera, all great, the video conferencing, but how do you really engage people virtually? that's really what we wanted to do. So we went through some extensive training back in June in order to do that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, you have your why, which is incredible. And it's brought you to this place where um, Clear Vision Alliance could pivot. And now you have this other platform too that we'll talk about a little bit more later perhaps. But what was that moment? What was the pivotal moment, right? I mean, we go through shutdown and that's, we're all kind of, I mean, you and I've had, had several conversations throughout all of this and how initially it was just like this shock. And then you're thinking about it. What was the pivotal moment for you? What was the, actually I should back it up. What was the moment for you that you realized the games, the games changed, completely changed? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was, 
a pivotal moment. I mean, I know I was watching, I think like everybody, right? We were kind of consumed with the moment to moment news. Breaking news. Oh my gosh, the constant breaking news and, and this and that. And really, I think what it came down to is Robbie and I decided to do these webinar series. And again, we offered them for free. And some of it had to do with um, staying inspired despite, um, it, we called it inspiration despite isolation, right? right. Um, because some people were completely isolated and they were afraid to go out. And, and you know, there were so many unknowns at that point. So how, we were all kind of consumed with this underlying fear, but how do we stay positive through that? And, you know, as I sat through, and again, the learner in me, I, I went through so many different webinars, anything that was <laughs> offered for free, I signed up for it. Right. Um, you know, and there were, I got to say, there were some great learnings that were, um, I was able to tap into during that time. Inc. Magazine did a lot of great stuff. Um, Wobi, the uh, World uh, Business Forum, did a lot of great uh, stuff. Um, the Chambers, you guys, did a lot of great stuff. Um, so I just tried to gather as much information and, mm -hmm. and share that and, and kind of say, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There is some hope out here. Some of the stories, I guess, that I was hearing were inspirational, right? Um, and how people were coming together and looking out for their neighbors you know, so I tried to focus, I guess, more on the positive um, mm -hmm. and, and not and not get too consumed with all the negative news that was out there. Um, right. So, so that was really some of it, at least for myself. Right. So so was the pivot this new platform that you. Yeah. So interestingly enough, <laughs> Ravi and I back in February, I, I remember this conversation vividly. He and I were talking and we were talking about um, going virtual, um, you know, going for this training, um, because in our, at least from my perspective, I was looking at it more from a weather standpoint, because some of our sessions had gotten postponed or we had to reschedule them because of weather events, right? And right. it was getting kind of tiring. So, you know, we were talking about, well, maybe we should do this training so that we can have them regardless. And then we can even open it up to a larger market than just, you know, local and, and regional, et cetera. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and so it was oh, like, wow. now or never, you know, we've, I mean, we got to do wow. it Wow, so talk about serendipity. Right? Yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> And, and it's a really, it's a really cool tool. And we actually just used it last week for a strategic planning session with an organization. We did uh, four days of it and, you know, it, it went really well. So, um, I mean, we, we've only been into using this for six months, really. Right. Um, and, it, and it's made a world of difference, though, um, for the engagement of uh, participants. Oh, great. So for their experience, for your experience, 
and for your and business. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the interesting thing I found out this is a whole profession of people that have been doing this for a while that I wasn't even aware of. Um, right. And and they call it visual practitioners. Um, so it's virtual visual visual practice practitioners. Woo, trying to say that six times fast. <laughs> exactly. Um, how do you think this whole experience has it changed you? Yes, um, it has changed me. Um, I you know I think. And like I said, I, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for everything that I have. And it's a constant reminder. Um, you know, we're dealing with a situation, my significant other has an immune deficiency. So um, we are not taking this lightly. Um, honestly, uh, the fear is if we did contract COVID that it could put him out. Um, and, you know, I, I, there is a lot of worry, but, you know, I have to, uh, again, I'm thankful to have what I have. Um, you know, we've got, I've got my oldest or my youngest son doing his senior year of high school. So he's at one end of the house. I'm in the middle of the house doing my work and, and my boyfriend is doing, um, his work virtually and another, you know, so we're fortunate to have the space that we do. Um, right. Know that there's others out there that don't have the connection, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Connection to the internet. Yeah. So you know, extremely. It just putting things in perspective. And I know people. My niece is a nurse at UMass Medical. You know, so you know, dealing with COVID, we have a grandparent that's in a nursing home. You know, so it's. But I'm thankful for Zoom um, because we're able to see family and friends. Right. Um, this way, um, and it's creating some new, um, some new ways of doing things. Quite honestly, right. Um, right. Yeah. Um, besides your the new pivot into the new platform, um, how has it changed the way you and Ravi do business? I mean, at the core, and so you know, I shared my my personal why, right? Because there's coaching the Correct. business of what you do and then there's the business right 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 so you know our mission and passion for for clear vision alliance is to help individuals and businesses gain clarity about their intentions um, and and make informed uh, choices and decisions um, so that they can achieve the goals and visions for their life and business um, so that's at the heart of what we do, right? Um, it's just really shifted. COVID has shifted how we do it, mm -hmm. um, really. So our, our, our why and the what we're about hasn't changed, but, but how we do it. So now, you know, we're doing things virtually. And that's why we, we really wanted a platform that was a little more engaging um, so that, you know, we just weren't, talking at people. Um, we wanted to get them involved in the process, and this allows them to get involved in the process. Mm -hmm. and, and the other thing, you know, that, and it was part of, um, and we're thinking of offering it in the new year is, you know, we looked at 
the year in review, right? And, you know, everything circles around March when mm. COVID hit. And what were all those different emotions? So there's all these different emotions that people went through. And we didn't all go through the same emotions at the same time. And then how does that affect our thinking and our decision-making yeah. and how we spend our time? And so, it just, and it's so, that you so eloquently just brought me to the next, next question is how does, how has this whole experience um, affected how you see the world and how you see yourself? Yeah, um, I got introduced to a term um, which came out of the military back in the 90s. Um, with the collapse of uh, Russia with USSR called VUCA. And VUCA stands for uh, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And really how I see the world now is we're going to be working in this VUCA world. Now, you know, that's what we're going to be operating on and in a, and the pace of change covid accelerated a lot of things that were already in place right so you know we had a banker on that said we've been trying to get people to do online banking forever we had a grocer saying the same thing we wanted them to do online shopping um i mean for some and for us for these businesses it's about making sure that they can adapt to the changes and stay relevant because I'm sorry, change is here. Technology is changing. A lot of it is going to stay in place because I think some people like the convenience of some of these things. So what will stay, um, what will change and what won't? And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, once the vaccine and, you know, everything we get past this, what the world will look like. Right. And so even though it may seem volatile and unstable, right, and we've been dealing with change at an accelerated pace, not all of the change has been uh, negative. Right. I mean, it has been, some, certainly. Some, yes, yeah, absolutely, you know? yeah. And I don't want to not acknowledge that, but not all yeah. of it is that. And there has right. been some positive things such as, you know, um, the online banking or online, you know, Grocery, curbside pickup. I love that. I know, me too. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I'm grateful for all of our chamber members who have shifted to that sort of thing. And um, so it's, you know, it hasn't been easy, but no. positive. And that's, um, I think the piece is how open are people to the change, right? Some of us want to hold on to certain yeah. things and that's, that's dangerous. Um, we can't rely on yesterday's logic for tomorrow. Um, and there was a great quote by, by Jack Welch that said, if, you, if the inside of your organization isn't keeping up with the change outside, then the mm. end might be near. Right. Weren't his exact words, but you get the gist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. That's the only... You know, not to get all, you know, cliche, but it's really the only constant, right? Constant change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned in the past 12 months? 
The biggest lesson that I've learned, there's been a lot, <laughs> a lot of lessons learned, um, you know. A big one. Com I mean, compassion is, is a huge one. Um, and again, I think just. Even remembering that, you know, you know, we're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And that's really yes. hit me. Yes, I agree. I, I loved that statement because I think it really, it really nailed it for so people. Lucky. So lucky, so lucky. Yeah. And I think too that, you know, we have to be adaptable. I was just watching um, a, a show this weekend on the Galapagos Islands and that's where Darwin had studied and talking about adaptation. And if we're not going to you know, be adaptable, then, you know, we, like I said, the change is coming and change is going to be happening at just a faster rate. So, and I think we have to be careful of the information, where we get our information yeah. and, and, you know, how much we consume, mm -hmm. um, you know, because one person said, you know, there's a lot of things that are out of my control. I can only control what I can control. Exactly. You know, exactly. so I, I think that's important to recognize because then, you know, we can get all caught up in things that are just, unfortunately, they're out of our control. Right. And, like, and I think you said compassion. I think that's a big, just be kind. Yeah. We're not all in the same spot at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what is the hardest change that you have had to make in your life? The hardest change I've had to make in my life. Well, uh, I think it goes back to, like I told you, when I went through that, that low point in my life, it was letting go of some head trash. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love that head trash. Yeah. Take out yeah. the garbage, Lynn. Uh, you know, because I think we hold on to... <laughs> <laughs> Drop yeah. the rock, baby. Get them out. Get it out of there. Dump it. And that's why I remember my son taking karate, and they the in the instructor, the sensei said he was talking about the bow, right, mm -hmm. and the importance of the bow. And I he asked, "Do you do you know what that signifies?" And I said, "Well, it must signify respect," is what I assumed. He said the dojo is a place to learn. So we want you to empty by bowing, empty all of those things that are holding you back and getting in the way, distracting you, get them out of your head um, and clear your mind for before you enter the dojo. I'll never forget it. Um, wow. I mean, I, I was writing notes all through my son's yeah, right? lesson because I was like, this is awesome. Right. And so how did that, what positive impact on your life um, as a result of that? You know, like the hard, the lesson, dumping the trash, like what was the positive impact that it had on your life? Because it changes the paradigm. You know, we, we play these recordings sometimes in our head of, you know, there's a quote by, uh, uh, Henry Ford, that he says, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yep. And I completely believe that. 
what mm-hmm. we tell ourselves, what we feed ourselves is what we end up believing and manifesting. Um, and I, I, in my life, I reach saturation points. I can only whine about things for so long. And then I have to, I have to shut myself off and go, okay, this is up to you. So that's like when I gave you the story about when I worked at Spalding and they were getting bought out, I wasn't happy at that point. And, mm. and I kept, I was just kept saying how unhappy I was. And I was like, well, you have control of this situation. You can either stay here and be miserable, or you can, you know, try to find something where you're going to be happy. And so right. that's what I did. And, you know, that is, I guess that's just how I'm built. I can only be unhappy for so long. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear that. Yeah. yeah. I hear that. Um, are you a reader? I know you are. You are I am. I'm a slow reader, though, so I've really gotten into Audible. <laughs> so what are you reading right now? Oh, God, I'm reading too many different things. I'm reading um, The Signal in the Noise, and I'm reading um, Very good. Um, a book on cognitive behavior, um, <laughs> which kind of goes back to um, what we, how what we think impacts our behaviors. Um, so, I mean, I, that's one, I, one of my challenges is I, I start a lot of different things and, yeah. and I got to stop doing that sometimes. I'm a Gemini. I do that all the time, <laughs> all the time. I can be, I can, I'm a knitter. So, sometimes I have like three different projects going on at once. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I do. If I was a knitter, I'd be that way too. Stop. <laughs> and I don't finish any of them. Um, so you have a soundtrack for your life, Lynn. And on this soundtrack, there's absolutely one song that has to be there. What would that song be? Oh my gosh. What song? There's songs. Yes. Well, <laughs> one song that's coming up for me, and it's because you and I are doing a program together, and it was that eurythmic song of walking on broken glass. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. I know. I can't wait for that. That's going to be an awesome chat. I can't wait for that too. And um, that is, do you, I don't have that, that information in front of me. Do you have that information? February 24th at 12 noon, 12 noon to 1, 1 um, We're doing that session um, with Michelle Cabral yep. at HCC. Yep, yes. Yep. So be yep. on the lookout for that information. We will be getting that out. And so Lynn, if people want to find more um, about you and Clear Vision Alliance and Ravi, where can they find you? They can find us at www.clearvisionalliance.com. And that's all one word, clearvisionalliance.com. And that is our website. Yes. Most excellent. And they are chamber members. You can also find it on the chamber website on our chamber directory. So go check that out. And if that's, if you'd like to know more about the chamber, you can find out um, chamber, easthamptonchamber.org. And I also want to thank you, Lynn, for being with us and sharing this time and having this great conversation. Thank and, you. Yeah. And um, I also want to thank East Hampton Media um, once again for helping uh, the chamber really put this together and making this so fabulous. So with that, 
we will see you next time. And thanks again, Lynn. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Mo.